Everybody and welcome to the afternoon tune. I'm your host Josh, and with me is my co-host here. It's Nick. And yep, starting off late today. I uh, had a lot of stuff to do. Work went over. Yeah, so starting off really, really late tonight. But you know, hopefully mm-hmm. somebody drops by uh, tonight. You know, uh, keeps co- company. Uh, you know, even though it's a late night show coming in, so hopefully somebody mm-hmm. drops by. Uh, but for the people we got today, we got Halloween Kills. Uh, the return, you know, Michael Myers come back. So it's a sequel to the Halloween 2018 film directed by David Gordon Green. Um, so same team coming back who did the reboot, uh, reimagining, uh, remake, uh, you know, sequel. sequel, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they they coming back again with Halloween Kills. Uh, we also discussing season three of You uh, that dropped also Friday. Uh, hey, jo- season oh. three, everyone's favorite. Oh. Uh, yep, uh, you kind of breaking up there a little bit there, Nick. Kind of breaking up a little bit. Three of everyone's favorite trash TV show. Okay. You're frozen, actually, right now. You're frozen. Huh? Yeah. I don't know. What the? Uh, hold up. Oh, I see what you're Yeah. Yeah, you're... Uh, okay. Yep, you're good now. Okay, you're moving. Yep. Ah, thank God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, yep, we're coming back with season three of everyone's favorite toxic ass show. Everyone's mm. favorite trash TV show that they love to watch but are ashamed to admit they. Okay, you broke up at the end there again. Yeah, former uh, season three of former Lifetime original, now Netflix. Uh, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Joe and Love are back again, uh, and just as crazy as ever. So, uh, yep. So we're gonna be discussing that in season three um, with Chucky. Uh, Chucky, the TV show that premiered um, there, it premiered Tuesday. Uh, so Chucky has a TV show yep. now, and we're gonna be discussing yep. the premiere uh, of it. Premiered Tuesday, Tuesday on the Sci-Fi Network, and it's a uh, uh, written, produced, and showrun by Don Mancini, the original creator of Chucky. Mm, yeah, so we're gonna be discussing that. Where we give our thoughts of the premiere, and you know, let us know, and we'll let you people know if it's sh- something you should be tuning into. Uh, also, Freaky, uh, Freaky, that was the winner of the poll for Spooky Season. Uh, we were gonna be putting up polls every week of what a, to what spooky movie to review. Um, so this one we got pretty much three things because we got you, we got Halloween Kills, and we had uh, Chucky. Um, so this added, so it really paid off. So we got four things to talk about. That's uh, some hard. Oh yeah, ones. it it yeah, it's spooky season, and we're hopping on the murder train this up ep- this uh, this edition. Yeah. Um, also, we're gonna discuss some big news that happened. DC fandom they dropped a bunch of their stuff, uh, trailers, everything like that. Uh, trailers for the Batman, uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, which is the video game. Mm-hmm. Also, Gotham Knights, uh, Peacemaker, which is the HBO Max TV series that's coming. Uh, also, as well, uh, the Flash, that film. Uh, that's or also- uh, the or Batman eighty nine featuring the Flash. Pretty much, it's it's all these other characters in there plus the Flash. Pretty much, um, also a little bit of a little clip that we saw Black Adam, kind of first footage we've seen of that. Um, so we're gonna be delving into that and delving into all that stuff. Uh, how are you doing there, Nick? I'm good. I'm good. I caught the Batman trailer early today, and I already cleaned myself up, so I'm good to go for the show. Oh, good, nice. You know, prepared yourself nice for the show, uh, everything mm-hmm. like that. 
Um, yeah, I'm just got nice and loosened up. <laughs> uh, right now, and also I'm trying to uh, look for some new beats for the show uh, because mm. we got a nice in- outro that was made by Anthony Wilson. Uh, Anthony Wilson, good creator. Uh, we I'm going to be debuting the new outro there, but I want you know, but I um, going to be having the old music there. But you know, in the recent you know, kind of in the more upcoming episodes, I'm going to be trying to include a new intro music and new outro music so um you know trying to look for some beats to do that uh with so you know trying to trying to have that because we've had that intro music for a while now and uh yeah just looking for a change i guess i'm just kind of yeah looking for a change a little bit something like that uh also with the uh follow follower notifications and sub notifications and bits and things like that uh that we have here on twitch i'm also commissioning uh anthony to come and do that for us, going to be have our own custom stuff there. Uh, you know, no longer kind of relying on the trust. So that's going to be coming pretty soon. Uh, that we're going to be doing that stuff. So that's pretty nice. Uh, we're going to be debuting that. Um, and if you come by the channel, I don't think I've mentioned this a lot, but with the channel points, right? You come by, you watch the show, you know, donate bits, all that ways to get channel points. You can use the channel points. Have you know Nick here? You know, for five thousand, do his. Yeah. Mickey Mouse impression, you know what I mean, and for ten thousand, you can have them say something in Japanese and um, come by and do you know kind of special stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty nice. So yeah, we got a lot of stuff kind of going on, trying to become like you know one of you know more of a prominent regular kind of streamer with this type of stuff. So it's uh, pretty good. Um, all right, so uh, delve right into things. Um, we're going to be discussing Halloween Kills. Uh, Halloween Kills, like we said, is the sequel to the Halloween 2018 film. Um, and just like with the original sequel to Halloween, it picks up right after the events of the first film. Um, if you remember, if you've never seen the first film, basically what happened in that is that Jamie Lee Curtis and her family faced off against uh, Michael Myers and trapped him in the house, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's house, Lois Strode, and basically set the place ablaze. And but of course, you know, it being a you know Halloween movie, Michael never really dies. Um, so when the flames are kind of going up and Lois Strode is being carted off to the hospital, uh, Michael uh, firefighters come to rescue the burning building and Michael Myers is there and he brutally murders <laughs> uh, those firefighters. Uh, you know, definitely not showing any respect to uh, uh, firefighters at all in any way. You know what I mean? Just No, as far as he's concerned, uh, um, AFAB, I guess. All firefighters are bastards. Yeah, I mean, he's... he's... As far as Michael's concerned... <laughs> Yeah, he said, "Fuck first responders." <laughs> you know, fuck that. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm I'm not dealing with that. I don't care. Um, so, uh, so yeah, basically, that kind of starts off. Um, with this movie here, um, I was a huge fan of Halloween 2018. Um, mm. I thought it was even comparable with the original Halloween uh, film, which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And I was, like I said, big big fan of Halloween t- uh, 1978. And, um, you know, when this t- uh, 2018 version came out, I was, yeah, big fan of it. Thought it was comparable with the original film. Um, you know, mm-hmm. almost almost kind of as good. Uh, but, you know, Halloween, of course, is just classic and a lot of stuff it did. And, you know, and, and with this sequel, um, I would tell you it doesn't uh, live up to, I think, the greatness of the 2018 film. And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is because they sideline their most important character which is Lori strode um you know she's kind of mm-hmm. barely in this movie she's laid up in the hospital for majority of this movie so if you're going to see you know you think you're going to see jamie lee curtis again versus michael myers you're going to be sadly mistaken um you know her and michael myers don't even have an interaction throughout this film uh which is 
I mean, I think that maybe that's the first time ever that's happened. If if Laurie Strode and Michael Myers have ever been in a film together, they've always faced off in some capacity. Uh, and that's nowhere to be seen in this film. Um, mm. And when, you know, you know, Michael Myers is kind of just going through a rampage of the town. And, you know, they hear reports, you know, she thinks she's dead, but then he pops up again and just starts going through a whole rampage of the town and killing all these people, uh, which kind of leads this whole mob to kind of form and finally get justice. And I think with the first movie, how it dealt with um, Laurie Strode, I think this one is trying to shift focus and deal with Tommy Doyle. And Tommy Doyle, and this mm. is played by Anthony Michael Hall. So it's trying to, it's like, I, I think the film's like, okay, we're going to focus on a new person and their new trauma and you know how mm. ptsd and 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 trauma and how that anger and fear and and things like that how that can you know kind of evolve into a dangerous place and i think they're trying to maybe show that with the tommy doyle character because it seems like i think he's more mm. of the lead here and he's kind of more the main character uh because it's a lot about him the movie you know opens up with him at a bar and him giving a whole speech about you know the night you know of halloween night 1978 and, you know, kind of gives a whole speech about that and what happened and the boogeyman that was Michael Myers that terrified the whole town and just, you know, crippled it into fear. Um, so- yeah, yeah, in this movie, I think Tommy Doyle is essentially the stand-in for, for Donald Pleasance's Loomis because I think, because I just rewatched the original 78 Halloween and every scene Pleasance is in, he's just like, he's pure evil, his eyes are the blackest night, he must be stopped Get him! Yeah, I mean, Donald Pleasant. Yeah. Anthony Michael Hall is essentially doing that, that throughout this movie, and I I kind of agree with you that I think the headlining of Laurie Strode. But another thing I I had a problem with is how because one of the highlights of the 2018 film is how, with very few exceptions, a lot of the characters in that movie acted intelligently, smartly when dealing with this guy. Um, especially like that one little kid when his babysitter is getting killed. That kid just said, ha, nope, and ran. Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. And and here it feels like Green and uh, Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride, it feels like they delved right back into the heap of slasher movie shades because these are, these are the dumbest characters ever seen in a fucking slasher movie. And I just rewatched all of the Friday the 13th movies back to back. And that's saying something. Because these guys are fucking morons. Okay. Okay, you're chopping up kind of hard there. I don't know what's that. Okay. Maybe it's good, it's good now. Okay. But you, yeah, you're just kind of oh. chopping up kind of hard there. I don't know. What the hell? Yeah, motherfuckers are dumb in this movie. And it's really frustrating considering how... For the most part, how smart most of the characters in the 2018 movie were. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, so in this film, you know, would would watching it in watching the trailers, I was like, okay, it kind of excited me because, you know, the it, it presents a lot of the mob mentality, right? Mob justice. And this whole town 
mm-hmm. who's been terrified of this Michael Myers figure. And then especially, you know, since he made this huge return and, you know, everybody had been trying to forget and put it behind them. And then he comes and, and just brings that all that back up again, that fear, that terror. And so, mm. so you know, watching the trailer, I thought, oh, that's a cool idea. The whole community of Haddonfield is going to come and whoop Michael's ass. Like, I, I love that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, and, that was a that was a great idea. And the marketing for this was kind of brilliant. And it's a really interesting concept because the first film was so much about uh, Laurie Strode and uh, how the trauma of the 78 film affected her and her family. Now we get to see how it affected the other side characters. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. I, I, I don't know how I kind of felt about a little bit of, cause they bring back, mm-hmm. um, you saw it in the trailer. They bring back the, you know, original actors from the original film. Um, like, yeah, uh, I yeah. think, I think they do except for uh, Robert Longstreet, who's uh, playing a grown up, uh, uh, Danny Ewan, I think, is the character's name, mm. and Anthony Michael Hall, who's Tommy Doyle. Yeah. So uh, the original was. Uh, it's funny because uh, Paul Rudd actually played a grown-up Tommy Doyle in Halloween Five, but you can't cast him because he looks like he's still in his thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he still. Yeah, he still looks like. Yeah, he's still in his his thirties, pretty much. You know, and he probably he's way too probably big to do this. He's like, I'm doing Ant Man movies now. I'm doing Marvel <laughs> shit. I, I don't want to come do your. I got uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, Mickey and Kevin Feige are just like making it rain around him. Yeah, like, I'm good. Uh, but they bring back the nurse that was in the first film. They bring her back, um, and then you'll know because every time they cut to the character, they'll show the flashback of them in the original movie. You know, just to show you, just in case you've never seen the original movie before, when we cut to these characters, we'll let you know where they're. You know, you know what character they played in the original movie. Um, you know, and it also has um, the 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 girl who uh, who babysitter died. Um, who's what's her name? Uh, Danielle Richardson. Oh, the oh the character Lindsay, who is played by uh, Kyle Richards. Kyle in '78 uh, and in this, and yeah. Nancy Stevens, who was the nurse that uh, that Michael choked out on his escape. Yeah, in the um, first movie. Yeah, that uh, she was with Donald Pleasance uh, in the opening of the film, and then yeah, she choked her out. Um, and so yeah, they'll let you know you know the the characters and who they were in the original film and what they did there. Because uh, they show it in flashbacks. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, these characters make absolutely stupid decisions. Um, you know, this whole mob mentality thing, like, they, it leads them to, you know, prosecuting the wrong guy. It, yeah, it, and that, to me, that was kind of one of the more effective scenes in just trying to illustrate how kind of dumb this uh, mob mentality is. Yeah. Which I, which I think the scene on its own, I think it works, but in context of everything else that's going on, I think that's where it falls apart. Especially yeah. because like five minutes ago, Tommy Doyle was like, hey, everybody, there's strength in numbers. Let's go hunt him down. Okay, now let's split up. Yeah. Yo, you two, yo, you two teenagers, uh, you ever fire a gun before? Um, no? Cool. Uh, here you go and uh, go into this house by yourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't, you know what I mean? It, it's just kind of decisions like that that are just mind-boggling in this entire film. And then especially, you know, they do, they rely on a lot of old horror movie things of like, oh, don't worry, I'll be right back. Somebody leaves the car, it's like, oh, don't worry, I'll be back. You know what I mean? Oh, hell no. You know what I mean? It's like, you know this, this crazy maniac killer out here doing this, and it's just, the people just make the most stupidest decisions that you can think of in this situation. And... 
it, it, you know, I was kind of mostly just rooting for Michael. I was like, you know what, man, they kind of messing you up, man. I mean, you kind of yeah, doing your thing. <laughs> yeah, at a certain point after like the second, uh, after like the second dumb char- de- character decision made by one of the victims, I was like, you know what, Michael, go nuts. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that, I'm on your side, dude. <laughs> that's kind of just what this movie felt Natural like. Selection <laughs> uh, felt like was just it was a chance for Michael Myers just to show off, like. Just to see mm-hmm. all these great ways we can kill some people, you know, we'll you know saw a guy in half, or we'll you know you know hit him with a pickaxe, or you know we'll do this, or he'll you know twist somebody's neck or something like this. So it was just like it felt like, you know, because the brutality is there. I mean, it's definitely you know one of the most brutal, you know, Halloween movies I think there's ever been. I mean, you know, most oh yeah, I, honestly, I'd say this is probably more brutal than uh, Rob Zombie's take on on Halloween, yeah, and Halloween too, because I think. Um, I don't think the kills in this they get as graphic as they do in the, but I think they get as brutal, especially because in in some scenes, it it's downright sadistic. You see like one character bleeding out and Michael murdering one of their loved ones in front of them. Yeah. It, it it gets really hard to watch at some points. Yeah, um, I mean, and then you know this one, you know, you see, you see his more creative side because you see like he you know even stages the bodies and stuff, and you know what I mean. And he did that. That, it, that, that was always a Michael Myers thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because he did that in the original, like when he did it with like you know a lot of times there. Uh, but you know he did, you know did it very nicely in this one. Yeah, you know, twenty eighteen he did it. Twenty eighteen he did a full on arts and crafts project with a guy's face. <laughs> You know, so he's got a, a you know a little artistic side to him, you know, a little, little you know kind of soft side, <laughs> soft artist side going on to Michael. Hey, I mean, I mean, he's been in the the mental asylum for like forty years. He's got to do something to pass it. You know, he's yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess all the time besides he, besides I besides I guess like whatever prison diet and working out he's been doing for forty years. Yeah, I mean, you ain't got no much time. You in the house, you know, you just in the mental institution, just lifting weights. I mean, what else you got to do except you know. Maybe watch reruns of One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. I don't know. I mean, what else are you gonna do? Man? Uh, so, yeah, you, can, I mean, you can only you can only watch Days of Our Lives on the common room TV so many times. Um, with him going on this kind of rampage, I will admit it. It, it makes him a much scarier fi- figure. It, it does, hmm. you know, this this boogeyman esque figure because he's like just purely like this weapon of destruction. It is this evil. Um, and don't worry, they'll let you know. You know what I mean? How evil he is in this entity. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Instead of just like letting his actions speak for it, every single character is like, he is evil. He is pure evil. I thought there was a man, but there's nothing but evil. You know, and yeah, like you, like you brought up. They I did. felt, I felt, I felt like fucking Mermaid Man was just screaming, evil. <laughs> That, that's actually what I was thinking too. Like it was like that scene. Uh, because you know, yeah. I mean, Donald Pleasance. I mean, he said it. Um, you know, in the original movie and in, in, in other sequels of Halloween. Uh, but it's Donald Pleasance. I mean, he kind of sold it. Yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah, Donald. Yeah, Donald Pleasance is one of the greatest actors to ever live. He can sell some straight up silly dialogue. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and. So, you know, you know, when he said it, he brought gravitas to it. And, and it, you know, it, it was like, wow, you know, this this because I remember in the first Halloween, you know, in the first you know opening scene of the movie, he's talking to the nurse and he's saying, like, yeah, I looked into his eyes and I saw nothing but darkness. And I knew like I should never let this motherfucker out ever again. I'm doing everything <laughs> in my power. Never. never let this. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, I mean, I think he really sold it. 
And then the whole kind of chant they do, you know, kind of the evil dies tonight. You know, that's the whole big chant they do. It's almost like they were trying to, they were trying to make a hashtag on Twitter. They were trying to cancel Michael Myers. They were trying to cancel him. You know what I mean? Like they they say that multiple times. And when evil dies tonight, it's like okay, you know what I mean? And and doing it, and I was just kind of like, this just sounds really corny to me. I was just like, this is not working at all. Um, and <laughs> you know, this the fact that characters is you know let other characters go off. Like you know, Judy Greer is gonna let her daughter go off hunt for Michael Myers. All of a sudden, her daughter says, "Oh, I'm going." It's like, uh, no, the fuck you not. Uh, the uh, fuck you ain't. You know what I mean? You're the mother. How about you take charge and say, uh, "No, you're not gonna go anywhere." You know what I mean? And hey, hey, she's a white mother to a white teenager. They have no power. I, I guess not, because I'm like that. Is, that is absolute bullshit. Uh, but it's like I mean, I mean, with her boyfriend in the last movie, I kind of got it because hey, his dad's kind of like a survival, like a shit heel. It seems like. Mm, yeah, I mean, so I was, yeah, I mean, that's kind of just what kills me about this movie and about this sequel is that you know you had because I you know I liked those characters. I liked Judy Greer. I liked her daughter in the last mm. movie. I thought they were decent, but really the movie was about. Jamie Lee Curtis and and her struggle and her trauma and her you know dealing with her family and how that impacts other people and how that can reverberate throughout years and and I thought that was all very kind of good stuff there that you added to this you know slasher pick here and then this one was just like yeah we just really it just seemed like they just really cared about the kills and the brutality and the blood Mm -hmm. and not really overall about the the characters like they did before and I thought Mm -hmm. you know Anthony Michael Hall is 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 Tommy Dunn as we mentioned and seemed like it shifted to him and I don't think he carries it as well as Jamie Lee Curtis did. And and so for me overall, with you know, kinda of all that being said, I I did enjoy the kills, I'm not gonna lie, I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they were good and I thought they were brutal. Um but, you know, besides that, I was just kinda of like there's really not really much else kinda of really that good about it. Um I think, you know, hmm. it, it just kinda of didn't grab me other than that. Um you got Jamie Lee Curtis who's like we said is in the hospital for most of the movie and just in the bed and trying to get out of the bed and doesn't even, you know, kind of leave the hospital. And even in Halloween 2, which took place in the hospital, um, mm. you know, where she was kind of recovering, it's still focused on her and it's still focused on Donald Pleasance and, and them trying to kind of stop him from, from killing her. Um, so for me, I'd give it a, oh, let's see. I think I'd give it a five and a half to a mm. six uh, out of ten. Uh, what about you? Hmm. Me, um, I like you, I absolutely adore the 2018 film as well as the original. I think the 2018 version of this, it's it, it perfectly updated this franchise into modern day and rebooted the slasher genre and just said, okay, how can we make this relevant and actually have something to say about uh, generational trauma and kind of what uh, <clears throat> what the public's tolerance for uh, violence is. And I think that's kind of what they were touching on here with, uh, okay, when are you gonna, when is it enough when you're dealing with Michael Myers? When is, when is enough enough? And I think that's kind of handled very clunkily here. I think some of the characters in this are some of the dumbest I've ever seen in a slasher movie, and that kind of pulled me out. But then again, it kind of pulled me back in whenever it got to the kills, which are some of the best in this franchise. It's some of the best kills I think have ever been in a Halloween film. Um, I think uh, 
putting Laurie Strode aside as uh, more a side character in the hospital throughout most of this was a mistake. I wouldn't have mind seeing like a time jump uh, in between that, much like it did with uh, uh, makes me sick to say this, but much like they did with the zombies Halloween two, and kind of have like that opening scene with the firefighters, like that be the cold open, and then like one year later and see how that has how that uh, rage and resentment is kind of built up in the town and see how that culminates into the next time Michael goes on his rampage. Um, that being said, um, I still enjoyed uh, a lot of the kills in this movie, but I agree with you. There's not much else besides this that really works. Uh, I can see the intent of what uh, Danny McBride and Green were going for. I just don't think it was executed as well in in the 2018 movie. And for that, I gotta say, for me, it's a six and a half out of ten. Mm. It's for me. I saw it on on Peacock. I didn't go out to a theater, and I think I saw it the right way. Yeah, I saw it on Peacock as well. Um, mm-hmm. I think, I don't know, going to a theater, I mean, seeing the kills, I mean, you know, people in the theater probably going, oh, ooh, shit, you know, you know, people <laughs> probably be doing that at the theater. Um, so whether you kind of like that experience or not, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, people would probably be doing that there, you know, especially with, you know, in a horror movie and these kind of kills like this, um, that, that a lot of people would be reacting to it the way they do. But um, with the sequel, it's funny you mentioned a time jump. I don't know if you know, but with the sequel they're doing, they're planning they're planning on doing a four year time jump. So uh I think that's a good call. So that you can have Lori be an active character in this again. I don't know. I don't know about the four year time jump myself. I, I think that I mean mm, uh, I don't know if I'd like it to, you know, you know, for this film series to take place over the course of basically just two two, three days basically. Um, where, you know what I mean, you know, you, you kind of see her really now, you know, kind of go after him and progressively things just kind of keep building mm. and building and like that. I, you know, I think, I don't know, I think that'd be pretty kind of awesome to see. But, uh, well, I think, I think given the way that this movie ends and if we're going to get into spoilers, um, cause, uh, yeah, the town blew a 28 to three lead to Michael. Harris. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that, which was so frustrating. But at the same time, that ending killing montage was kind of beautifully done. Yeah, yeah. there's some cool shots in here. There's some really cool shots. Good with the kills. <laughs> they seem like they, like I said, they just they really put a lot of focus and love into them kills. They love them kills, and then they just said, "Fuck." I mean, the title else. is Hall- The title is Halloween Kills. Yeah, and he kills. And... All right, yeah, he kills. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, Michael Myers is just oh boy, here I go killing again. Yeah, kills some, even kills some kids. He kills kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, hey, he killed a kid in the last movie. Michael Myers said, "Fuck them kids." Yeah, so you gotta love it. I mean, yeah, he just is this rat. Yeah, this up. in Fear Street. Yeah, this in Fear Street. Kids aren't safe anymore. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on from discussing Halloween Kills, gonna discuss Chucky. Um. So. Chucky yep. is back. Yep. Uh, speaking of uh, the news, the speaking of uh, the legendary slashers back. Yeah, legendary slashers who are back. So uh, this is not uh, the reboot that they did. Uh, what was it? A couple of years ago, they did the reboot. Yeah, uh, yeah. The 2019 uh, Universal uh, reboot that starred uh, Mark Hamill as Chucky. This isn't connected to that. This is a uh, this is a continuation of uh, Don Mancini's uh, Chucky, which. Um, 
I think this is directly tied to uh, Curse and Cult of Chucky, with both of which I just saw this past weekend and are excellent. Yeah. Uh, so and so with this is like you said, it's based on more of the original Chucky uh, that was made from the original creator, and you have Brad Dorf, <laughs> who's returned as the voice of Chucky. Um, so it's not uh, you know Mark Hamill that was in the reboot. Um, so you have kind of the original voice, original creator kind of come back, which I think that kind of gives a lot of people a lot of hope that you have the, you know, kind of mm-hmm. creative team, um, creative talent come back to this after so many years. Um, and like I said, that's what yeah, we and Oh, yeah. Yeah. And besides the and besides the 2019 uh, Mancini and company, they've been all they've been aboard with Chucky pretty much since day one. I think Mancini took over directing on uh, Seed of Chucky. I think he did it either Bride or Seed of Chucky, and he's been kind of like the the main creative force behind him, behind Chucky since like that, and and just to tell you something about how uh, attached Brad Dorf and Jennifer Tilly are, they both vehemently disavowed the 2019 film, mm. and these are two Academy Award nominated performers, and they're backing Chucky. And I think that says something about uh, Don Mancini as a creator. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I like the 20, uh, 2009, uh, 2019 reboot of it. Uh, I, I did too, but I... I did too, but I think that was before I really dove deep into kind of the history of Chucky and, and started watching a lot of the movies because I think I kind of wrote it off after seeing how <clears throat> just kind of... Uh, just kind of weirdly comedic uh, bride of Chucky got like I, I told you it was like there's a full on doll sex scene in that movie yeah. and the next one Chucky like whacks it into a cup which uh, okay um, I'm, I'm out of here <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah I I've seen the first Chucky um, mm. I think I vaguely maybe remember seeing the other kind of maybe like see the Chucky bride of Chucky vaguely kind of remember mm-hmm. those I don't think I fully have seen those films um, so I can't comment much on those and, and kind of what, mm. but I did know, you know, like much like horror franchises, um, shit got crazy, you know, you know, like, just like, you know, <laughs> you see in every horror franchise, shit just goes off the wall. Jason goes to hell. He goes to Manhattan. He goes to fucking space. Yeah. Jason, yeah, Jason goes to New York. Jason goes to base. <laughs> yeah. You know, just shit just goes off the wall. Freddie versus Jason. <laughs> now they're fighting. Um, they're killing Kelly Rowland and Destiny Child and then what the fuck and then all this shit says so it's like okay you know shit just kind of goes crazy so you know and then you know eventually with all franchises reboots and franchises comes the reboot kind of the bringing back to its roots and kind of you know kind of bringing the core elements that what people loved about it and trying to kind of rekindle those things um, so you know with this we're going to see if he does that here um so, you know, I think, you know, so this ser- series stars Zachary uh, Arthur, who plays Jake Willow, who's the main character here. Um, the show kind of opens up right away with him getting a Chucky doll from a yard sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when he gets the Chucky doll, you know, kind of strange things starts happening throughout the episode. Yeah, kind of when he gets strange. Yeah, strange things start happening around him. And I think this show, is, it's much closer in tone to, like, Curse and Cult of Chucky. Because I think with those, they decided to go more of a slow burn route. Even not having Chucky speak until, like, 45 minutes into each movie. Mm-hmm. Until the reveal that, yes, Chucky is actually the one responsible for this. Yeah. 
Um, and this, you see a little bit of uh, Jake's kind of home life here. Um, that he's an artist. You know, he likes to you know kind of collect kind of dolls, things like that, and make art out of them, and make sculptures and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. And then it comes and his and his dad is uh, alcoholic Devin Sawa, who of course is a little homophobic and not really a big fan of the fact that his son's gay. Yeah, um, and this kind of brings me into kind of one of my issues with the show. I don't think the mm-hmm. acting and writing is the best here. I think, you know, like with the dad character, um, you know, it's like he's the kind of stereotypical abusive kind of dad. You know, what do you see him doing? He's always got a drink in his hand. Oh, he got a beer, always mm-hmm. drinking some type of alcohol. Um, he's always wearing his blue collar uh, work outfit jumpsuit. You know, he never, he never. I don't think I ever saw him in anything else other than the blue collar work outfit. Uh, when they're having dinner, I, I, I mean, you saw his twin in like a nice suit. Who a twin who is also played by Devin Sawa. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you saw, and then when he's when they're having the family dinner, he's like he you know throws a glass, gets all angry, you know, and he you know says like, oh, you're rich, and you know you think you can hold your money over me and things like that, and it's like okay, why you think you're better than me? Yeah, pretty much. And, and, you know, he says, you know, kind of stuff like that. So it's kind of like I, I think some of that stuff is just I thought wasn't all really all that good. Uh, it, it's 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 a little over the top. But at the same time, it's nothing that it's nothing that is really new to this franchise either. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And then, you know, you have kind of the same situation going on when Jake goes to high school. You know, he goes, you see him in high school and he gets he gets bullied, you know, and he gets bullied by the bitchy popular girl. You know, she does all the <laughs> bitchy popular girl things and the way she talks, the way she moves, you know what I mean? Bullying him, you know, uses social media. She starts a GoFundMe for him because, uh, you know, she thinks he's poor. Yeah, she, yeah she's kind of a shit heel, And honestly... At some point, I I start rooting for Chucky, and I think that's kind of the these uh, of these latter half of the Chucky film. Yeah, um, and as the series progress, you know what I mean. You know, yeah, yeah I mean, you you know, you're mm-hmm. supposed to kind of you know you hate these people, so it, it makes you root for Chucky, um, and maybe want to see Jake and, and Chucky team up, and um, and you kind of do see that a little bit towards the end of the episode where you know he kind of does a whole puppet act. Uh, with Chucky and starts mm. to, you know, kind of be, you know, maybe you'll see that he'll become popular doing this puppet act and people think he's funny. And then, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, Chucky will somehow get him to be popular in school and, and everything. like <laughs> Hon- that. Honestly, the most unbelievable, honestly, as if this series goes on, the most unbelievable thing is that a kid can get popular doing a ventriloquist act. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that, 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 that'll be yeah. the, that'll be the most <laughs> unbelievable thing in this. Yeah. Um, and another thing about the, uh, I think episode two is it, it will show like you see that it'll maybe mm-hmm. show possibly the history of the Chucky character and and when he was a little boy and how he became mm-hmm. the killer that he is. I think it's very interesting. What did you kind of think mm-hmm. about the episode? You being kind of a big Chucky fan there. Uh, I think this is kind of, I think with this episode, this is just diving this is kind of like the cliff notes version of Mancini's last two Chucky films, because I, I think uh, a lot of it is setting up that, okay, Chucky is kind of like uh, fucking around with this, but you're not really seeing him be responsible for it until like the, towards the third act where Chucky reveals himself to the uh, small child that has him. And <clears throat> I think this connects a lot to a uh, cult of Chucky, because he's been using, because in that movie, spoilers for a cult of Chucky, he's been using that same incantation to kind of spread his soul around. So, like by the end of Cult, there's like three Chucky's running around. His oh. soul is now inhabiting uh, 
Chucky, the Chucky been reading Harry Potter? He's he been out here reading yes, Harry Potter, he, huh? he's been horcruxing. Oh, okay. Yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, and, and he transfers his soul into the body of Final Curse of Chucky and uh, reunites with uh, Jennifer Tilly's character from these Chucky movies and goes off into the sunset. And I think a lot of that is uh, continuing on in this series. And something that the sh- that the last two movies have kind of been hinting at is more of Charles Lee Ray's backstory, who is uh, the Brad Dourif character, who Chucky before he became the doll, mm. which I think is uh, going to be very interesting because uh, the back the flashback twists, I guess, reveal of Curse it it uh, ties directly back into the opening of Child's Play one. Mm. Yeah. And this show, um, it does serve as a sequel because it's gonna serve. It serves as a sequel to Cult of Chucky, so you know. So that that's kind of where they're placing it in, kind of the whole. If you're if people are wondering, like timeline wise, you know, you know, the show, where does it take place, and you know, how does it do? So that's kind of where it is timeline wise in the in the franchise. Yeah, um, yeah. This is yeah. This is tying right into uh, Cult of Chucky because uh, uh, Jennifer Tilly, she's reprising her role as uh, the uh, Tiffany character. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think uh, the final girl from Curse of Chucky is back. I think she's uh, reprising the role because, uh, she, yeah, Fiona Dorif. She's a uh, she was the final girl in uh, Curse of Chucky, and I think she's back in this. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, with this first episode, yeah, I mean, there's some kind of moments like that acting once, but it is it is a pilot. Um, I don't think the kind of the actor Jake Willett was all that good, all that much. Um, again, it might get better, it might develop into something more. Um, and then you know, kind of the thing also with this is that you know his character, you know, like you mentioned with his father being a, you know kind of abusive, and part of that reason is because you know he is the, the kid is gay um, in this, and he may you know possibly has a crush on another kid at school. Um, and you know, the kid, you know, has a podcast, so good for him. The you know, crush in the school, you know, get, get kids got a podcast, you know, doing nice, you know what I mean? Um, so good for, good for that kid. Um, so I think there's a lot of good threads here, um, that can develop into something and, and to see where it kind of goes from here. Um, I thought, you know, kind of with a certain death that kind of happens in the episode, um, again, it kind of handles in a way that's kind of classic kind of horror movie way where it's like a body bag and then like somebody waits until somebody sees the face until they zip it up i'm like you should have just zipped this shit up way before you know you're coming upstairs with the kid in there and they just go oh shit oh shit look at the, the oh we didn't, we didn't mean for you to see that let's zip that up and it's like uh you should have kind of did that way before you should have did that way when you were down there when you grabbed the body uh but you know it's you know kind of stuff like that uh, but that's kind of what I think you kind of come here for for a series about Chucky. It's not particularly known for its <laughs> stellar writing or you know great performances or anything like that. It's you know known for mm-hmm. you know kind of the fun of the Brad Dorf playing the Chucky character, um, and you know usually the kid he kind of pals around with in it. Um, yeah, the f- yeah I think the fun of Chucky is that dynamic. The with the young protagonists in most of these movies, and uh, especially once you. Uh, once you added in uh, Jennifer Tilly's uh, doll character, then that kind of like multiplied. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I would be kind of interested to see. We're going to do a season review of this uh, when it's done mm-hmm. um, and review all the episodes. Um, but, yeah, I'm interested to see more of it, um, even with my complaints, uh, just to see, you know, who dies and, and you know, where this kind of leads to the end and them bringing in other characters from the series. And like we said, I mean, this is kind of, you know, horror movies, you know, like we did it with Halloween. They brought back Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a lot of these things are kind of, you know, horror movies kind of doing what they do. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, with a lot of these uh, like slasher horror reboots, there's a very fine line between um, actual genuine homage and just plain fan sir. Yeah. And and that line can kind of be drawn in something like Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, Scream. Where are are you, to where are you bringing this back because it is serving a story that you're trying to tell, or are you just bringing it back just cause? Yeah, um, and Scream, for instance, that has a new trailer out. Scream Five, mm-hmm. they're gonna do that. I mean, they're gonna bring Scream back again. So, and, hey, and, hey, the guys who did Ready or Not are directing that, so I'm already in. Uh, and we're gonna talk about that uh, later on too. That that Scream Five trailer, but uh, yeah, um, I thought it was a solid episode one. I'm definitely interested to see more. Um, thought it was thought it was pretty good. Uh, pretty solid. Uh, all right. So moving on from discussing Chucky, uh, we're going to be discussing you, uh, you. Uh, so, uh, like we mentioned before, uh, Joe and Love are back with their crazy asses, uh, back, mm-hmm. uh, doing, you know, doing what they do, uh, yeah. Joe, even with a baby, you know what I mean? It, it, I think it just goes to show you that even if you had a kid, um, have a kid. Don't let the kid stop you from doing what you love. And Joe loves to stalk the hell out of him. Um, you know, that's his passion. Um, you know, he he loves to do it. You know what I mean? He, he he's, he's the best he is at what he does, and yeah. what he does is stalking. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like I, he I, throws that he throws that nondescript baseball cap on his head, and it becomes like the Marvel Cinematic Universe disguise. Yeah, he throws that baseball cap. Sometimes a hoodie he'll throw in there, um, and then he's, and he's unrec- invisible. Invisible, unrecognizable, ultimate disguise. You know what I mean? Ultimate disguise. <laughs> yeah, stealth. Uh, stealth plus one hundred. Yeah. Um. Now I didn't. I didn't end up finishing it. I only made it to like episode hmm. four. Uh. Did you ended up finishing it, right? Yes. I, I watched the entire thing basically in one setting. Which every time a show drops, I always tell myself, you know what? I'll just like watch three or four, and then I'll like uh, do something else. But the way the show is written and it's paced, you end up binging the entire thing without even realizing it, I think. Yeah. And, and and that's kind of one of the strengths of this show. And no disrespect to, you know, this show and the creators of this show um, and the actors and performance. I, th- I think, you know, they do a good job and I think a lot of people do a good job. It's it's yes. Everything that's wrong with the show, none of it is on the actors involved. Uh, I think Penn Badgley, I think this is probably the best performance of his career. And Victoria Pedretti, she is holding her own and in some scenes, I think even surpassing him. Mm. And especially because we know how talented uh, Pedretti is, especially off of stuff like uh, the Haunting series, like Haunting of Hill House and uh, even uh, Bly Manor, which I don't think is all that good of a show. I think she is phenomenal in it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, And, you know, and I I was going to say that this is good trash TV. I mean, in a way, uh, mm-hmm. because 
of what these characters do, the, the, the murders, the way the show's paced. It's perfect for Netflix because you instantly want to watch it and then watch another one and then, you know, constantly just kind of keep watching it and see where things lead. Um, especially when you have the addition of, you know, uh, uh, Love, who's played by Victoria Pedretti. Uh, but, uh, and when you have her here, who, you know, it's completely different dynamic now because it was just Joe. Mm-hmm. So I think that was also the interesting thing coming into this season is that, you know, now it's him and another person and kind of getting involved in these actions and seeing how that can complicate things. Um, and he was already somebody that was already doing dangerous stuff already. And then, you know, she adds kind of a little bit more, I mean, you know, kind of dynamite to things, uh, to, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's great. Uh, and Penn Badgley, with his narration, usually I don't really like narration in a lot of stuff. It depends. But when, mm-hmm. he, when he gives narration, at first of all, he's got a great voice. And when he talks, it's just amazing. It really just wraps you more into the story. And it feels like mm-hmm. one of the books that he actually, you know, because his character is a big reader and, and loves that. And then it feels like, you know, kind of like one of the kind of those kind of novellas or something like that. You're reading mm-hmm. or crime books you're reading. Uh, so yeah. I, I love that. That wraps you into mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Make no mistake. This show, uh, all three seasons of it are basically the trashiest airport novel that you find. The shit that you read on like a three hour flight come to life in a 10 episode Netflix series. It's trash. You can see elements of it that are phenomenal, like the performances from I'd say most of the cast and the pacing of it. But none of it you would say is good. Yeah, um, because like when so them moving into you know into the suburban neighborhood, you know you know mm-hmm. trying to live the you know just regular boring life, you know you know wife kids white picket fence, and when they move into the suburban ha- neighborhood, they have cliche suburban neighbors that you imagine lives mm-hmm. in a suburban neighborhood. You have the housewives that are all about gluten-free, sugar-free, um, um, <laughs> you know, um, uh, macros and diets and all that other stuff. And Yeah, you have the husband that's basically, that's basically like a more ripped, more handsome Joe Rogan. You have the dweeby Ned Flanders guy. Dweeby Ned Flanders guy. Which I think the show has done a good job in its past two seasons because I think uh, there is a lot of satire in the show and a lot of it, uh, a lot of the the archetypes as far as like the the locations it's set in. Like with the first season, it was more like uh, the New York uh, hipster community, L.A. They were talking more of the they were talking shit more about the kind of like the self entitled uh, yeah. millennial culture. Here, I think they're going after like the rich white upper middle class, rich upper class, I think, in this season. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind of like that. And that's a good point. Yeah, you know, each and season I kind think, of and I, and I And I think this show, at, at least with its first season, it crossed the line more into parody. But uh, season two, I think, is where it hit its stride and it balanced that line of of uh parodying these archetypes of people but never feeling like we're just making fun of them it feels like these are actual characters uh unlike i think the balance isn't there in this season as well Hmm. okay 
Um, yeah, you know, I think, you know, the show always has good humor about it. Um, that's what keeps mm-hmm. it from being just a bad show because the performances are good. I think they lean into, you know, how trashy the show is. And I think the satire mm-hmm. of it, the humor of it, that thing works very well. Uh, because like you, you know, you made a great point about the different seasons taking place in these different kind of cities and, and playing off the, the archetypes of people that the cliches of people who live in these different type of cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like this one is, you know, like in this, you see a character, you know, Shelly, she's the head um you know kind of housewife and uh, yeah she's, she's the yeah she's the like shitty queen bee who's played by uh uh shalita grant who mm-hmm. is so despicable <laughs> the longer the season goes she is like the stereotype mean girl mm-hmm. my my girlfriend she was watching it with me she was like yeah the only reason they didn't cast a white lady is so no one would call her karen mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I got it because I yeah I can't wait to finish the episode, the season because I'm on so four, um, and yeah I I just uh, man I can't wait to finish one of these episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I mean the show does have a great dark sense of humor uh, about it. But since I mean you watched kind of all the episodes, um, how would you kind of compare this to other seasons of the show and and kind of what were your big kind of overall general thoughts? Mm, I think um, I think with this season. I don't think it balances that uh, that pacing as well. I think, um, unlike in the first two, the middle episodes of this kind of drag, at least with uh, with uh, six through seven, because this is ten episodes, and this is the only one of the, I can think of that where eh, I don't think you needed ten. I think you could have just gone off with, like, eight, and the pacing of this would have been a lot, uh, lot faster and more uh, digestible. Um, but... And I think most of my issues had with, I had were some of, um, some of, I think the attempts at satire, because like one episode is literally called a missing woman syndrome. Mm. And I think it got a little bit preachy with some of its messaging. However, there's another, uh, one subplot that I don't want to give away involving the, uh, Ned Flanders character that is so darkly comedic, but given the last year that we had, absolutely necessary and something that the show does beautifully is frame all of these side characters as being so awful that it tricks you into rooting for joe and love yeah and that is something that the first two seasons do so well like by the end of the first season i was i was disgusted that i ever rooted for this guy and then season two opens up it frames him like he's an addict trying to be in recovery and i think Oh, oh, come on, Joe, you could do it. And then the first episode drops. I was like, man, fuck you. You got to go. <laughs> yeah. um, and by the third, ep- by the third episode of this season, I was like, you know what? Fuck both of you. You all deserve each other. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, it's, it's two people who deserve each other that just don't see how much they deserve each other. And, and, and it should just be. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And I yeah. And I see a lot of complaints that. uh yeah, Joe's talking shit about love like he like he doesn't have a bigger body count than she does. And I think that's kind of the point of that character because the guy is so narcissistic. He cannot look himself in the mirror and say that oh, fuck, I have killed a lot of people. I'm a fucking monster. Yeah, because, I mean, that's kind of one thing about the show, about the character, 
is that you know you're seeing it through you know kind of his lens and his frame mm-hmm. and you're seeing like these people like you said it makes you end up rooting for them because they are such kind of bad people and they do suck and and also like joe and love both have this air of superiority it's like yeah okay i may do this but look at this fucking guy look at this asshole look how <laughs> look how he dresses and look at him this fucking guy in his yeah, shirt they're, off and, yeah they are both narcissistic people yeah and they're they're both narcissists with a giant superiority complex oh yeah but at the same time that's also what makes them so fascinating to watch mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and in this, you know, season, you see that, you know, love. She's, you know, opened up a bakery there, um, and you know, she's got that. Um, and then also Joe, um, you know, he's volunteering at a library, so he gets to be around books. Um, and you know, and the librarian there, um, who's played by uh, Tati uh, uh, Gabriel, um, who's from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And I'm like, oh, it's good to see her. It's good to see her. So back, another Netflix show for her. So I was like, oh, that's very impressive. Um, and she looks absolutely, you know, really, really stunning as well. Um, so I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. And she plays, for right now, I, I feel like her character is really going to develop into something uh, more with them mm-hmm. and her whole relationship with Joe. Because I think sometimes Joe has the best chemistry with people that he's not stalking or he's not in a relationship. Like, in season, <laughs> in season two the landlord i thought he had great chemistry with the landlord lady i thought like he should be and, with the landlord lady and i think that's kind of the point of the show the point is that joe is just so single-minded in his pursuit of these women that kind of suck like beck she was kind of a shitty character and i think that was intentional for that show uh love i think it worked better in season two but um again he had so much better chemistry with the landlord and that's more intentional here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that, I mean, I don't know for sure yet, but I think that maybe something in between them is going to develop. You know, maybe she's kind of going to be like that character, that, uh, you know, kind of there. Um, what were some of kind of your big negatives about this season? Um, my big negatives, I think um, some of the more interesting subplots, they don't get as much development. Like uh, the whole thing with... Uh, that character of Marianne and uh, Joe, their whole dynamic, it does turn into that, uh, that um, like a star-crossed romance, and I don't think it works as well. Mm. Um, there's a subplot with uh, between Love and a character who's like the next-door neighbor's son, who's played by uh, uh, Dylan Arnold, I think, who we just saw in Halloween. And I don't... Th- I think their chemistry works really well. I just think that subplot is uh, rushed a little too fast. Mm. Um, I think uh, some of the side characters of the are like the uh, rich, uh, super rich influencer. I think that that crosses the line into cartoonish a little too much for my taste and something that uh, the first two seasons, it, it, uh, it towed that line a little bit more. Um, I think, um, for my money, this is the weakest season of the show so far, mm. but at the same time, I don't think it's bad. Th- there's nothing uh, here that I'll say is bad. Um, I just don't think it's as uh, entertaining or as fun to watch as the first two seasons of, Lo- of you are. Mm. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, uh, I'm still in episode four, so I haven't watched, so I can't really compare the seasons. 
uh, yet, but I will next week. Um, I'll, I'll uh, have more of a detailed review. But I am liking it so far. I like when it turn, you know, mm-hmm. turns into. So um, so hopefully, uh, yeah, it, it'll uh, yeah, develop into something good for me. Um, what rating did you give it? Did you give it a rating? Um, I still enjoy the hell out of this show. It, it's a very easy binge watch, except for, I think, around uh, episodes five and six. I think those uh, drag a little bit. And also something I forgot to mention, the whole uh, flashback plot that we get with Joe, because each season we get a flashback of his childhood and how that's kind of uh, shaped him into who he is. I, I think I think in this season, this is the only one that kind of goes nowhere and kind of really doesn't have much to do with the plot in this season. Mm. And that's the weakest element for me. Uh, for me, I'd say this is a solid uh, 7 out of 10. It's But for me, the first two seasons, they bordered on uh, 7.5 to 8. Mm. Okay. All right. Interesting. Yeah, but I'll let you know next week what I think. Give my full review mm. then. Um, yeah, it's kind of giving my kind of initial thoughts. What I think kind of the first episodes there. Um, all right. So uh, moving on from discussing you, uh, Freaky. Um, I did not get a chance to see it. Um, kind of slam with some other stuff. But Nick uh, did get a chance to see it. It is the horror movie starring Vince Vaughn. Um, this was a movie that kind of got in a little bit of trouble because they were kind of doing, like, the whole concept is basically a Freaky Friday concept, but just with the, mm-hmm. also Freaky Friday plus Friday 13th. And they were trying to do a whole kind of, even with the title of the movie, they were trying to do a whole kind of send up to that, but they got a lot of trouble for yeah, that. So. The, yeah, the, yeah, the working title of this was Freaky Friday the and you actually see that in some of the title cards during this movie like they start uh wednesday the 11th and then kind of when the body swap happens it it pans friday the 13th mm. yeah and this is the biggest thing this is directed by uh christopher landon whose uh works include uh i think paranormal activity four and that's kind of where he first met Catherine newton who he cast uh later in this and he also did uh both happy death Day. Hmm. which uh, I think he also co-wrote. And I think he's kind of found this niche of taking these kind of uh, classic comedies and putting a horror slasher spin on it. But with me, unlike uh, Happy Death Day, uh, where those were both PG-13 movies, this goes full on into a hard rated R. So you get all of those kills in glorious, gory fashion. Hmm. Yeah. Um... So, you know, with this film like here, um, do you think it utilizes the concept well of the whole kind of swap kind of concept? Um, <clears throat> with me, if, if I had anything negative to say, I think uh, Catherine Newton, she is fucking wonderful. She she balances perfectly this uh, kind of neurotic teenage girl and this kind of Michael Myers-esque serial killer that she eventually swaps body with. The only problem I have is with uh, uh, Vince Vaughn. With me, I don't think he's really playing uh, Catherine Newton's character of a teenage girl. I think he's more just playing a generic teenage girl when the body swap happens. But uh, the more I kind of see it, the more like ticks I see from Newton's performance in the first act of this and kind of see it reflected in Vince Vaughn. I think it, I don't think it's a perfect meld between uh, the two performances, but I do think Vince Vaughn is really good in this. Also, uh, some of the jokes, I think these are some of the funniest jokes I've seen in one of uh, Landon's uh, like horror slasher comedies. Like they have a line that you've heard in the trailer where it's like her two friends. It's like, you're black. I'm gay. We're so dead. Mm, yeah. 
which made me chuckle. Uh, and, <laughs> oh, I was I was I was gonna say just with that line right there because do you think it's like you know because in some of these kind of things where it does focus you know kind of maybe like even a horror movie they'll have mm-hmm. the main character who's in high school and then they'll have her you know friends be the you know other kind of people they'll be like okay we gotta have one gay person maybe and then another maybe asian person black person that we got to put in there as her side mm-hmm. friends is there uh, do you think mm-hmm. like there's kind of a lot of that kind of going on like when you have kind of a movie like this <laughs> Um, I think uh, I think the difference between uh, other movies like that and this, um, none of those aspects of their character are the end all be all of that character. Like uh, her friend Josh in this, yes, he is gay, but that is not his entire character. Mm. Okay, and then what about the uh, oh, the girl there? Oh, uh, yeah, the character Nyla, it's they almost don't really bring attention to the fact that she's black uh, uh, until that little uh, line that you get in the trailer. Hmm. Okay, Um, and kind of another thing, because I was kind of, you know, kind of hearing about reviews of this movie and everything like that. Um, And so, like you said, with the the swap kind of happens and Vince Vaughn just kind of playing the generic teenager and then with her and she really kind of really. You think she does a good job at emulating Vince Vaughn when he is that killer? You think? Oh, ab- absolutely. She does fantastic at emulating Vince Vaughn, which um, which I think a common thing with body swap movies, uh, you don't often get... There, There's very few cases where the swap is perfect. And when that swap in the plot happens, the actor is playing a completely different character. They're just playing this guy's impression of the person they're swapping with and i think newton nails it perfectly Mm. Uh, she is wonderful in this and i can see why um i think shortly after this movie came out digital they announced that she was cast in ant-man quantum mania okay yeah it's good for her yeah that's pretty good for her yeah um also doesn't this film do the thing with the whole kind of high school thing of just because a girl got some bad clothes on and she got messy hair that she's absolutely yeah that 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 is the fucking that is the big that is the big criticism i have with this because even when uh newton is like dressed all frumpily like in like thrift store clothing she's still cute as shit i mean it's still Catherine newton and guys in the background are like yeah millie kessler i mean if you put a bag over her head and you know all the shitty things that you know high school boys say and i was like are are you blind Mm. (laughs) <laughs> but I uh, think yeah. that I think it was I, but I think the more I think about it with that character I think it's more of an issue of that character you know lacking self-confidence and that's what's kind of like turning guys off around her and less about like what she actually looks like hmm. okay uh, so what rating would you give it? oh this this movie is an absolute blast I dug uh, Newton's performance uh, Vince Vaughn even though I don't think he even though I don't think he nails uh, uh, capturing Newton's performance as this character, I think he still does a fantastic job. All the characters I ended up really liking, everybody in this movie, the kills in this are fucking phenomenal. And there's some amazing practical gore that that gets done in this. Um, the pacing of this, I think, is really fun. And there's a lot of scenes in this that you could read very much as a trans allegory. And it's... And I think, uh, unlike a lot of them, 
it's handled wonderfully here and there and just like with happy death day the emotional beats of this hit so well uh christopher landon i think he's a new up-and-coming guy in horror and i cannot wait to see what he does next i give this a solid eight out of ten yeah this this is definitely one this is definitely a movie that's gonna be in my spooky season rotation Mm, nice um, you know, now that you, you know, look at his resume and look at what he's done, I do like the Happy Death Day movies a lot. I thought that, I think they're a lot of fun. Um, and, and and maybe this is a guy that we kind of often maybe forget about in terms of, you know, really mm. you know coming out that we always people always bring up Jordan Peele. People bring up Mike Flanagan. Uh, you know, people bring up James Wan. Uh, but maybe, you know, with this guy, maybe you know, should be talking a little bit more about him um, also as well. Um, I, 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 th- I think because his his movies have have more been just a uh, schlocky fun on the surface than either one or uh, peels or, uh, or uh, Mike Flanagan stuff. I, I think that's kind of why he, he gets overlooked. Mm, maybe, but I, I think happy death day was a great, you know, kind of horror comedy. I think it was really great in the way it blended those two elements a lot. Yeah. Um, ha- yeah. And, t- and uh happy death day to get the, uh, uh, expands on that concept while uh, switching genres into a more sci-fi comedy. Yeah, um, and even though I didn't think it was good as the first one, I still did like Happy mm-hmm. Death Day to you, uh, even though I didn't. Think yeah, it was and good. Freaky, I think this really shows off do when he is kind of let off the leash of a PG thirteen film and he gets to go all in with the gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to be getting into news, people. Um, so. First news of the day, since we're already talking about horror and it's going to be a horror theme show anyway, might as well just go into Scream. So we have Scream, which is coming out in 2022. This is the fifth Scream movie here. Um, the Ghostface Killer is back. And um, not the rapper, uh, not Ghostface Killer. That's Killer. This is Killer. And um, with the- Damn, I kind of want like a cut of the original Scream, but it's just Ghostface Killer edited in into... Yeah. The ghost face character. I should I should see that if that's on YouTube. I should see if somebody like, <laughs> like all the scenes with when the killer shows or like up. A, oh, like a uh, like a Resident Evil mod where they just edit Thomas the train the train in there. They just put ghost face killer. No, I just want to see like like somebody clip in audio from Ghostface Killer in like in the movie, <laughs> like he's talking and like just in place. Like every time the killer shows up, like I love that. I gotta look. At, somebody probably had to have done that already on YouTube already. Oh, uh, oh, I bet it exists somewhere. Yeah, um, but here you have the original actors back. I mean, they've been in all the Scream movies um, here, so you're gonna have Nick yep, Campbell you come have, back. Yep, you have yeah, you have the big three of this uh, franchise. Uh, Nev Campbell, uh, in my opinion, one of the greatest final girls of all time, Sydney Prescott. Uh, you have Courtney Cox back as Gil Weathers and David Arquette as uh, how is this character still alive? Dewey Riley. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so, you know, you kind of see her back. Um, you know, the killer's killing a new, fresh, young group of teenagers here. Um, and you have Jenna Ortega, uh, who is one of those teenagers. Um, I recognize her. She was in uh, Jane the Virgin. She was also in You, by the way. Uh, yeah, she was in season uh, two. You season t- yeah, she was in You season two, and I think that's kind of where she got her big break because after that, I think she did uh, uh, the second Babysitter movie. I think she did uh, that movie Songbird for uh, – a movie Songbird, which is fucking awful. And uh, then she got cast in this. You also have uh, Melissa Barrera, 
just saw in uh, in the heights dylan minette from uh, 13 reasons why uh, jack quaid who i think is probably the mvp of this cast from uh, the boys and mason gooding who we just saw in book smart hmm. yeah so yeah you got kind of a lot of these kind of you know actors kind of that we've seen a lot in kind of other different stuff um also it, it lets us know that cindy prescott she finally got a gun after <laughs> after four movies she finally got a gun i, I mean I mean, she had one in uh, Scream 4, I think, but I think in this one. <laughs> oh, you cut out there. What'd you say? Oh, I think in this one, she finally at least learned how to. And uh, Dewey Riley, I think he looks like, okay, how is this fucker still alive? I think he, that character should have died like three movies ago. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a character that should have died maybe in the sequel or the third one. <laughs> but I mean, he's he's stuck, he's stuck around after all these movies. Um, yeah, he, he, he's like the worst. He's such a terrible cop. I'm surprised he hasn't joined the police department. Yeah. Um, and um, so the kind of this one, uh, the, can the, who's uh, the director of this one are two people. So it's Tyler uh, yeah, Gillett it's, uh, yeah, and yeah, Matt. Tyler Gillett and uh, Matt uh, Bettinelli Olpin, or uh, as they uh, or as they're directing it, alias is uh, Radio Silent. Uh, their last film, Ready or Not. Yeah. Uh, starts Samara Weaving and was fucking incredible. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was a huge fan of that movie uh, with Samara Weaving. Um, if you haven't checked out that movie, please, I recommend highly you do so. That movie is really, really, really good. Um, so with this one, so like we said, so the whole kind of motivation with this killer is um, it's he's killing the children of the... Was it the children of the killers in the, in the last movie, was it? Or was it... I forgot I, what he said. I honestly don't know. They that said that uh, all the they have ties to the original killers, but as far as this trailer says, we don't know. Okay, we kind of don't know what the motivation of this killer is, and that's kind of the fun whodunit aspect of these movies. Yeah, um, it, it, yeah, it kind of keeps it a little kind of fresh, a little bit with these movies, and mm-hmm. there's not such a gluttony of the screen movies coming out. Like the 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 four came out like. Almost well, yeah, ten years ago, uh, twenty eleven. Yeah, the yeah the fourth one came out ten years ago, and all of them were, uh, in some way, written and uh, uh, directed by uh, Kevin Williamson. And this is, I think, the first movie where they are not involved in any way whatsoever. At least with Wes Craven's case, uh, he passed away in twenty fifteen, so that's understandable. Yeah. Um... So, you know, this, so it, that does kind of keep it first, the whole mystery of trying to figure out who's behind the mask. Did you ever watch the TV show, Scream, that came on MTV? Yeah, the I think the first two seasons of that show, they are deceptively good for being, you know, an MTV pilot. I, I think the third season, when they actually brought back the ghost face mask, I think that's where it kind of fell apart. Hmm, okay. Because I was watching a few episodes of the show, and I kind of fell out of it, not because I thought it was that terrible, but um, or anything like that. I just kind of just fell out of it. I just kind of got busy with some other stuff, watching some other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I did yeah, think the, it was a little the fir- decent. The first, yeah, the first season of uh, the Scream show, it's it's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, I thought I thought yeah, I thought it was kind of decent. The first kind of episodes I saw of the of the first, season. I think I maybe even finished the first season. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was, it, it's 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 about as good as. Um, it's about what you would expect for someone adapting Scream to television mm, yeah. in terms of how it gets self-referential with its new format and with kind of like the modern conventions of horror. 
Yeah. And you bring up like the Scream franchise, the modern conventions, it, it always kind of has a commentary on that. And it probably will mm-hmm. here in the in the fourth in the fifth one. It is a, you know it's always a big staple of the kind of screen franchise. Um, it's, yeah, it's, one yeah it's a staple of the franchise. One that I think in uh, one, two, and four, Scream Three is kind of like the redheaded stepchild of this franchise. So n- nobody cares. Mm, yeah. Um, so how much I, how much you want to bet they like characters? Because I know in the fourth one they had like mm. one of the uh, like. Uh, like Macaulay Culkin's brother or something like that, like his younger brother or something was in there, and he was like a podcast guy. So I bet you in this one, yeah, be like a streamer. yeah, he, he, yeah, he was basically like the uh, modern, t- the Jamie Kennedy character in in the in the first movie, and I think um, we might get something like that. But from what I can see in this first trailer, it's not getting as self referential. Uh, this one it feels more like a straight up slasher movie, which could be could be a good and it could be a bad thing because I think Scream it was such a it was such a revolutionary movie that like we said um, in our coverage of uh, the Matrix that it became this such iconic thing that every every single studio was trying to rip it off after every single franchise they were trying to do their Scream yeah like uh, characters they got more of like uh, quirky, self-referential, snappy dialogue uh, killers. They became like more PG thirteen esque, um, <clears throat> and it became. And most of the movies, they became more of a who done it instead of focusing on the kills in it. Mm, yeah. Uh, thank you for the raid there, chill. Thank you, man. Thanks a lot. Appreciate that a lot, man. With the four viewers, thank you for coming in. With thank the raid you, today. sir. Uh, right there, man. Uh, we were just talking about Scream, uh, the trailer for that. Uh, Scream, which is just titled Scream. That's all it is. Scream 5, but it's just called uh, Scream. Even though um, Scream, but with a 5 instead of was right there. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, this But one, then it would have just read like 5 cr- Yeah. 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 yeah probably not would have been that good of an idea. <laughs> probably uh, not. Probably, yeah, they probably made the right call. Yeah. Uh, Tiger uh, GD, he mentioned Soft Reboot. Uh, maybe a little I, bit. It, it looks like, I think, most of the big... Uh, as long as... I mean, if they can forget Scream 3, then I think that's fine. Yeah. Do you think one of the original people will die in the movie? I, I mean, I think it'd be a mistake not to kill them. I mean, I mean even though... Even though most of the fans of this franchise, they are all collectively wondering, how the hell is Dewey still alive? Mm, I mean, because the guy gets like mortally stabbed in every single one. I mean, if, if David, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of worry if David Arquette not doing these movies, what else he's going to do? I kind of worry about <laughs> David Arquette. I mean, his his mental health relies on making I mean, more he, screen movies. I, I mean, he did all right doing like a AEW and a wrestling. Yeah, he he needs to do something. He needs to be occupied, keep busy. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, um, you think it? So you think Dewey's gonna die? You think? Oh, I I think Dewey definitely died. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. You, possibly they're trying to make a whole new series of movies. Possibly maybe a whole new trilogy mm-hmm. or series of movies with these young group of teenagers and everything like that. Yeah, I I think that's kind of the direction they're going. Um. I think maybe uh, Dewey and Gale die, but 
I think if you're going to kill Sydney Prescott, she's kind of one of the greatest final girls ever. So really, you if think you were so? going to kill her, you got. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, uh, besides maybe uh, Laurie Strode, I can't really think of a character who is as active in fighting back against the killers as much as Sydney Prescott does in these movies. Uh, I think I think Nancy from from Nightmare on Elm Street. I think she does really great. I think see her evolution throughout the movies. Mm-hmm. I think is pretty great. Yeah, I, I I agree too. But I think a lot of that is by uh, by kind of Heather Langenkamp's performance. I, I, even now, I don't think she is the greatest actor, even in uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Hmm. Yeah, and I think the final girl in Texas Chainsaw Massacre '74. I think she's really great. I think she's amazing. Uh, hmm. But uh, yeah, 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 Tiger, yeah, Tiger, uh, GD, Ripley, yep, another great final girl. Yeah, Ripley, yeah, absolutely, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, all right, well, we should make a tier list of that. Sometimes, like final, girl. we should make <laughs> we should make a tier list of that. Yeah, best final girls in in history and horror. Yeah, see, so kind of rank them there. Um, we we should do also do a tier list. I'm, I've been watching all the Bond movies. Uh, I've been going back because hmm. they're on Amazon Prime. Been checking them out, and also some are on Hulu. And we should do a tier list of all kind of all the Bond movies. I've been going back and watching them. I'd be, I was kind of yeah looking at some. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know they were in this, and oh, I didn't know that, that they were in this Bond movie. So that's pretty nice. I mean, shit, there's like 25 of those motherfuckers. I need like three weeks. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Oh, you got time. Yeah, no rush per se. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we were kind of looking at some of those ones. Uh, I was looking at a lot of the Pierce Brosnan to Pierce Brosnan because I got done with the Craig ones. So now I'm, mm. I'm working kind of backwards. So I'm going to the Brosnan ones, and I forgot. Like, oh yeah, I don't think I because I didn't see. I, I don't think I've ever seen Tomorrow Never Dies or The World Is Not Enough. I've never seen those. I've seen Goldeneye mm. and Die Another Day, but I didn't see the two in between. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that the best Brosnan Bond movie is. Uh is a video game i think it's a uh, uh, called everything or nothing yeah and i think it was the first game to use a a, a bond actor's likeness in the game mm, really okay yeah um because i i think i was uh hearing that on mr sunday movies they did a whole kind of mm-hmm. review of it of uh of one of his, one of his bomb movies. i forgot if it was tomorrow never dies and world or not, world is not enough because they did reviews of all the uh pierce brosnan ones and they were mm. talking about that video game as well um, so yeah, and did you hear about uh, what they're doing with the whole Nintendo sixty four thing? Speaking of like Bond video game, um, you, you, they, you know, not not I haven't heard. They're charging people fifty dollars a year, or yeah, for that whole service. Oh, get fucked for for Nintendo sixty four games, and then we're gonna do the whole online service. I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Oh, get fucked for shit that you know shit that people can get on emulators, and you gonna charge people fifty dollars a year for that? Come on, man. Sure, where's Michael Myers at? No, let's sick him on them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, he's going to be real pissed. He can't play his he play his favorite <laughs> classic Nintendo games there because, like, what the fuck is that? Um, so, yeah, but that's 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 disappointing. I was kind of, uh, I was like, that's very disappointing. Um, Damn it. Uh, all right, so. <laughs> yeah, Tiger GD. Yeah, I would have paid an extra 10. 30? Fuck off. Yeah, because, uh, yeah, you're already paying for the service already you got with Nintendo, and then they're going to charge an extra there for that. I'm like, yeah, no, no way. 
Um, all right, so we're going to be moving on to our final kind of stuff of the day, the DC fandom. So DC fandom, they did a whole big event, dropped a bunch of trailers. Uh, you all probably saw them because the internet was kind of ablaze with them. Um, and we're just kind of going to be going, giving our general thoughts of kind of the biggest trailers there. Um, the Batman. Yeah, let, 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 let's save the best for last. Okay, so we're going to uh, go um, Adam then. Um, so yep, we're Black Adam. Black Adam there. Uh, Black ass no, Adam. The, the, the shit that has been hyped up by The Rock for, what, at least five years? I think it's been longer than that. I, I remember him talking about... Yeah, I, I remember there being talks... Of, I remember there being talks about this back when uh, Batman v Superman was in production. Yeah, so it's, it's been a long time. It was like time. he hosted... He, yeah, he like hosted the MTV with the Black Adam shirt on six years ago. And it just kind of never happened up until now. Hmm. Yeah. So here you're finally, you know, kind of seeing a it's it's just mainly just a clip. You're seeing some some them kind of introducing the movie, talking about the movie, introducing the characters. Like you have Pierce Brosnan is going to be Dr. Fate, which I think is an interesting choice for him to be Dr. Fate. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. I, yeah, um, I think it's a good casting. You get a Sarah Shaw playing a Oh, you can't you cut out there again. What'd you say? Oh yeah, you get um, uh, Sarah Shahi. I think is uh, the actress's name. She's playing a uh, cyclone. Uh, you get uh, Noah Centineo, who's playing uh, Adam Smasher. Mm. Uh, again, Pierce Brosnan as Doctor Fate, and uh, Aldous Hodge, who's playing a uh, Hawkman. Yeah, yeah, um, and he's definitely been working out for it. Like you saw him in Invisible Man. Um, you know, he was in that movie. He's definitely got the look for it. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The dude, the dude looks more jacked than I will ever be, no matter how many fucking whole ass chickens i eat or like how many times i how much time i spend at the gym you gotta get on that you gotta get in the marvel movie man you gotta get in a superhero <laughs> movie marvel movie you gotta do something man that's the, you gotta get on the yeah just just get the studio to pay for it. yeah because you see will poulter you see he looks all much bigger now he, they just cast him as Adam yeah he, he's kind of yeah but he's kind of like been getting there the past yeah. Uh, like even in stuff like uh, Detroit, he was looking like a little bit bigger, and even uh, Midsummer, he was look he was looking a lot more fit. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah he's looking way more prepped to play Adam Warlock now. So yeah, I can't wait to see him there and that. Uh, I can't wait for like the the fucking stills that that all that are coming the closer mm-hmm. that movie comes to release of like Will Poulter on the cover of Men's Health shirtless, and it's like Jesus Christ, is he hot now? Yeah, and he'll be all in gold and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like he's a victim in Goldfinger. He's just all in gold and shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tiger GD said, "If uh, hey, if Camille not Johnny can do it, you can do it, man. I believe in you." I, I think mean, you... Camille, Camille, his entire fucking bone structure changed. Yeah, I think you he, can do it. He, man. he, I think he went on those like. I went. I think Kamel went on them Uber steroids. He <laughs> <laughs> he just took super steroids. You think? Oh. He, they found the they found the real super soldier they gave it to him no. um so with this is just kind of showing a clip of some you know explorers discovering the uh tomb of uh black adam and then him kind of coming alive and then him kind of killing those people um so it's really not really a whole much a lot to talk about there it's not like it's a full trailer um mm-hmm. probably we're presumably getting pretty close to seeing a full trailer uh, when is this movie supposed to come out uh, uh, I think yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, July uh, 2022. They said that this movie is coming. Yep, July 29th, 2022. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of when it comes. So presumably we're probably going to be getting the trailer maybe 
sometime in the few months Pro- probably or next yeah, year um i'd say maybe the latest we'll get a trailer is probably uh you cut out there would you say i i i think the latest we'll get a full trailer around march when the batman gets into theaters yeah probably yeah, probably kind of around that time that we'll probably see a trailer for that um but it, it you know i'm i'm kind of interested to see it i mean we've never really seen the rock really play a villain per se before um can you think honestly of- i don't even think he, i don't even think they're gonna let him play it i don't i don't think the rock i don't think the rock i don't think his image will allow him to play a villain this late in his career mm. Mm. i think the most we'll get is a like indiana jones-esque anti-hero with black adam which for me is kind of the wrong take to go with because i think he's a character that um <clears throat> When he's interacting with other people, like uh, with uh, like with Shazam or with uh, uh, Superman, he comes off a lot more villainous than I think uh, one of his solo movies or one of his solo books will. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, he'll probably be like an anti-hero, like Venom, pretty much. You know what I mean? And, mm. and kind of things like that uh, will kind of presumably be happening. But I'm excited to see kind of like the JSA that they're doing in the film, like you know, mm. kind of bringing in that. Um, into the film, which you know looks pretty cool, so um, I do appreciate that. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing now, we're going to discuss Suicide Squad kills the Justice League, which is the video game uh, that is coming out. Um, no gameplay footage yet for this, but it's just kind of more story elements here, um, kind of expanding yep. upon that. Yep, uh, we get confirmation that this is set in. Uh, because they have the same like landscape that you see uh, at the beginning of Arkham Asylum. Yep, and you also see kind of the person kind of in charge of them is Deborah Wilson here, who's you know actually she's been doing a lot of voiceover stuff recently. Um, she just yeah did, she uh, she yeah a lot of voiceover and a lot of games in uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, and she played a uh, Waller in uh, the Telltale Batman games. Yeah, so, you know, she's doing a lot of work here. Um, she's kind of in this game. You see she's in charge of them. Um, so you have the Suicide Squad here, who's you got Captain Boomerang. You got Deadshot, um, not Bloodsport. Deadshot, he's the other black guy who can shoot really well. <laughs> um, and you also have King Shark, and you also have Harley Quinn. Um, so it kind of gives us kind of, like I said, more of a story trailer. Um, so there's a little bit of footage that we've seen before. Uh, you know, I think the humor is is spot on um, that you would kind of expect with, with the Suicide Squad in a game um, mm-hmm. that I think are pretty good. Especially, I did like the uh, the ending of this trailer a lot uh, where they where they attack the penguin. I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then <laughs> you also see various members of the Justice League kind of come in, like Green Lantern, the Flash, Superman. Uh, because uh, is- yeah, you see Flash, Wonder Woman, and. And I think you see a shot of the Batmobile in the tr- and uh, uh, looking on IMDb, one of the posters, it has Batman in it. So th- this might be before he dies in Arkham Knight. Mm. Oh, yeah. So, well, quote unquote, dies in Arkham Knight. Yeah, Batman's never really dead. I mean, yeah, he's just he just keeps going. It, it, it's comic books. Unless your name is uh, Ben Parker or Thomas and Martha Wayne, you're probably going to come back in some way, shape or yeah um so what do you what do you think about the trailer what do you think about the game per se coming out uh yeah especially after seeing um uh james gunn's the suicide squad i think this gets the the humor and kind of the uh 
a more uh, B-movie action tone that I think a game or a film about the squad should focus on. I, I think they get it perfectly done here. Uh, I get the sense that a lot of characters in this are going to die, like maybe other other super criminals. They end up joining the squad, but they're more or less cannon fodder, which I think is necessary for a suicide game. You're supposed to like feel that, hey, nobody is safe in one of these books. Right, yeah. And I think that's what James got, uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad did really well um, by eliminating a lot of people. Because when you look at the first Suicide Squad movie they did, it's like they didn't really kill a whole lot of people. Really. Yeah, they killed they killed uh, David Ayer's uh, fetish. They killed uh, David Ayer's fetish character, of course, because he just loves them cholos. Yeah. And uh, they killed the guy who they introduced with bad ADR. Yeah. Um, and this game is coming out and and of course a bunch of nameless Navy SEALs are just along for the ride yeah yeah um, and this game is coming out 2022 um, it's coming no mm. Pacific date yet for this game um, but uh, yeah yeah this one's kind of coming yeah out. and uh, IMDB it's listed as a oh listen so uh, what kind of could I yep it's uh, it as uh, in post production mm, okay um, yeah, I'd be, I, I'm definitely interested to check it out. I want to see more gameplay of it. I want to see some actual gameplay, not just st- story footage, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, that game is coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, see how, because I think, you, do you think people will be comparing the two, like Guardians of the Galaxy game versus the Suicide Squad uh, game, you think? I think that comparison, it, um, I don't think the comparison is as warranted as it is with well, uh, as it is with uh, James Gunn's Guardian mm. Squad, I think a lot of that comparison is because it's from the same director. A lot of them have the same sense of humor. Uh, I think, uh, I think with uh, the violence in this game and with uh, uh, the content, because um, do you think that this is going to get a rated T or is it going to be like rated M? I, I think that'll, I think that'll be the line where. Uh, the comparison stops between the two games. Yeah. I think that the creatures that they're battling, because you seem like they're battling like these kind of alienist blue creatures. Mm. Um, so that's probably what gives me, like they're probably going to probably put it teen to try to go it that way instead of making it really mature. Mm. Instead of like battling like maybe like real people with blood and everything that comes out. It's like, oh, well, they're aliens, so all this blue gush mm. comes out and stuff like that. Ah, and, uh, and uh, correction, I'm looking on the IMD. Yeah, Video Game 2022 says it's rated T. T. But in the trailer, it doesn't give a specific rating. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, I, yeah, I'm excited to play it. excited to check it out. Uh, there's a lot of good games coming out for the PS5 now, like Deathloop. I hear that's really great. I gotta check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is not on the PS5, but Metroid Dread. Uh, came out on the Switch, so I've been meaning I have to probably pick that up. Metro Dread. Yeah. Uh, but uh, also, I've been playing a lot of Nickelodeon All-Star Smash on the PS5 as well, uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, pretty cool to play on there. Um, so, yeah. So, definitely need some more kind of games on the system there with PS5. Um, all right. So, moving on from there, we're going to discuss another video game. Arthur, uh, speaking of Batman and kind of showing up and the whole Arkham Knight trilogy, we're going to be discussing Gotham Knights. Um, and it is more of, like you said, in the same universe as the Suicide Squad video game and the Arkham video game universe, uh, where Batman is dead. And you do see, so because Batman is dead, you see a lot of his sidekicks 
come and take over. So you see Robin, which is the Tim Drake Robin. You see the Dick Grayson, uh, Dick Grayson Nightwing. Um, you also see Jason Todd, Red Hood. You also see uh, Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, um, and basically all the kind of the Bat family, as they call it there. Um, I was a huge fan of the Arkham Knight series. Loved it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're some of my favorite video games, especially Arkham City. One of my favorite video games ever, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Ar- Arkham City, it's an all-time And I love, and kind of my favorite part for being able to play other members of the Bat family. And that was like a real treat for people when City came out, when you could do the challenge maps, when you could play as Robin, when you could play as Nightwing. And uh, when Arkham Knight came out, when they had an expansion for Batgirl. And I'd, and it's cool to see uh, them expand the gameplay for that because I think this is the same studio as uh, Arkham Origins, which um, in comparison to Arkham Knight, I think it's a better game, uh, mostly because it's not because two thirds of the game isn't a goddamn tank game. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I and I like that, and I love the characters of the Bat, and I like that they're getting uh, bigger roles. And that Batman is kind of like uh, pushed to the background or presumed dead in this. And now we get to focus on some of the real meat of the Bat comics, which is his uh, his uh, his uh, sidekicks. Hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Batman does have a great catalog of characters, um, you know what I mean? And, and that I think are, are really, really good that you can draw from. The main villain of the series is pretty much going to be the Court of Owls. Um, gonna be yeah, like, which is uh, which is um, all, which is uh, one of the newer additions to his rogues gallery introduced in the uh, uh, the uh, DC uh, New Fifty Two run Scott Snyder, and they're kind of this uh, organization that has ruled Gotham from the shadows since since like the eighteen hundreds, yeah. and it's it's something that uh, in those comics Batman kind of they hint that Batman's already investigated them and proved that they didn't exist. And now the events of that book, they're coming out of the shadows. And I think they are such a great uh, antagonist to, to the Batman who a big theme of that, of that run of comics was uh, what is Gotham and uh, who is Gotham. And for a long time, uh, Batman was that, and you have this organization that's challenging that perception. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. The Court of Owls is basically like Illuminati of Gotham. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. just, just doing all the nefarious shit, things like that. And I'm excited to see some new villains inside got inside the video game. Um, instead of just mm-hmm. kind of Joker and Bane and things like that. Even though I do like to see you know some of those characters do pop up, but it's nice to see some fresh antagonists for the Bat family kind of go against, uh, which would be pretty nice. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, now that you see it was kind of Arkham Origins, I kind of see that style a little bit, you know, with kind of Arkham Origins animation. Um, I kind of see that uh, a little bit here. Um, it, it looks a lot better. It looks more refined. It looks more polished than it did, I would say, in Arkham Origins. Um, and then with this trailer, because we've seen a gameplay trailer pretty much. It's kind of the opposite with mm-hmm. the last trailer we talked about, uh, where it was kind of just all kind of story trailer, no gameplay. Um, the trailer that came out before about Gotham Knights was just pretty much gameplay little story this one is all story all that much about um mm-hmm. things that you'll be doing yeah this is yeah this one's all story this is all uh showing off the court about and i think hinting at some of the tone of this game because um for me if you're gonna do court of owls right you kind of have to 
you have to kind of have elements of horror because uh, when done right, uh, the talons, the kind of assassins that the Court of Owls use, the, the, when done right, they can be straight up terrifying. Mm. Okay. Uh, have you read the issue of the Court of Owls in the comics? That's one of my favorite Batman runs. Mm. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts when, yeah, we, we get to play in the game and everything like that. Um, so you're definitely getting this day one? Um, yeah, I'll try to. If, if, uh, definitely if I get a, end up getting a PS5 or, uh, or one of the next gen consoles. I mean, you don't like your four anymore? I mean, you just always get on your four. Um, maybe, but I'm <laughs> thinking it's time for an upgrade. Okay. All right. It, it might be time for an upgrade in the next year or so. Hmm. All right. I see you. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Gotham Knights, there we're going to be discussing uh, Peacemaker. Uh, Peacemaker, mm. John Cena's Peacemaker. You saw him in James Good's Suicide Squad. Here he's getting his own TV show on HBO Max. Um, his own show where uh, all eight episodes written. Yeah, I mean, you know, well, five of the. It's it's very scripted, you know, very very scripted kind mm-hmm. of stuff going on there, um, and. You know, I think that the, the the tone of this seeing the trailer for it feels kind of like a Danny McBride show. Um, I don't know kind of how you <laughs> feel about it, uh, but it feels me. Kinda- I, yeah, I think uh, uh, McBride's comedy shows. I think those are some of the best. Uh, those are some of the funniest things that HBO's ever put out. Like uh, to this day, Eastbound and Down is fucking amazing, and I've heard him. I've heard great things about stuff like uh, uh, Substitute Teachers and The Righteous Gemstones. And I think uh, with Peacemaker, you're kind of getting something with uh, with similar comic sensibilities, but I think with a more polished mind like James Gunn behind it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this one, I mean, he's just kind of like executive producer on it. Like he's, you don't see. Yeah, he, not here he's writing. Uh, direct- mm. well, that's pretty nice. Um, you know, I was a fan of John Cena's characters as Peacemaker in the, um, you know, in the movie a lot. Um, I thought it was, you know, really funny, really good. John Cena's got a great knack for comedic timing. Um, I think mm-hmm. he's, he's really funny here. Um, and, you know, looking at the trailer, it looks like they're, you know, trying to bring that out. And I think it works really well. Um, and I think the humor works really well, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for the most part right going on right now. Um, and, you know, just say with this you know, introduction of this character, Vigilante, uh, which I think is pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Vigilante, who uh, we saw briefly in uh, in some of the latter seasons of Arrow. And I think you, we're getting a version that's more, uh, in some ways, faithful to the comics. I mean, his suit looks, uh, looks spectacular. And uh, I think he's portrayed by, I'm um, trying to remember the actor's name. God damn, I can't remember. But I think they're getting more of the tone that that this is kind of like a natural sequel to natural follow up to uh, uh, the character in the Suicide Squad. Oh, he's uh, in this. Uh, it's Adrian Chase played by a uh, Freddie Stroma. Hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, if you did like his character there, uh, you know, you know, move over, over, you know, watch him here on HBO Max. Um, and as far as live action content, you know, DC, you know, maybe they're trying to do, you know what I mean? Like the whole thing of, you know, trying to bring more people on and try to try to be bringing this universe, TV shows, movies, 
<clears throat> like they try to really, really try to bring you know all these new ideas kind of coming now that a lot of the older yeah, um, yeah, bring a lot of these uh, newer, uh, lesser known IPs to television. I think HBO right call. Mm, yeah. Um, so, kind of what uh, what were some of your strongest things you liked and disliked about the trailer? Uh, me, I think the I think the tone that we get in the trailer it looks like fun, which I think is what you should do with a character like Peacemaker who, you know, just by the look of them, he looks, he looks like, um, like a parody of a superhero. And I think, uh, the, some of the strongest things about it were Cena's performance, debalancing some of that, uh, a lot of the comedic timing along with, uh, some of James Gunn's writing and some of the moments in here, uh, some of the moments here, they made me laugh, especially when they introduce, uh, Robert Patrick, who's playing, uh, uh, the John Cena character's father and, and yeah. uh, seeing that little moment with the eagle trying to hug him and he's just like, hey dad, dad, get my phone get my phone, I don't want to move I, I don't know why, but that made me laugh yeah, yeah, I think it shows that yeah, uh, yeah, Ch- yeah, Chill is saying like douche slash cringe and I think that's kind of point of this character and this is th- this is kind of like a, a more violent take on something like The Office with uh with John Cena basically playing a, a Michael Scott type character where he is the most awkward dude and he is the only one that doesn't realize it. Mm, yeah. And Vigilante, it kind of feels like he's his. I'm sorry, you, you kind of cut out there. What'd you say? Yeah, I, I think it kind of feels like this will be, um, at least with the Peacemaker and Vigilante character, it'll be something very similar to something like The Office where... Um, where Peacemaker is kind of like the Michael Scott and Vigilante is like the Dwight character from there. Mm, okay. I can I can kind of see that a little bit uh, there. Um, I will say, so when is this coming out, uh, Peacemaker? Let me see. Uh, they, yeah, they announced uh, the premiere date uh, Thursday, January. Okay, so that's not, that's not that far away. Yeah, I don't really think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Likes to show that ass a lot from, uh, I mean, if I were built like. Yeah. I mean, you know, John Cena with with the kind of the you call them whitey tidies is like, yeah, he kind of, <laughs> he kind of looks, he kind of looks even bigger. He looks like an overgrown Boy Scout. He looks like a Boy Scout. Yeah, yeah so he looks like he looks like a uh, he looks like a stripped down GI Joe. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good description. You take all your GIs off. This one to see, and then yeah, you see basically a physique that's like the Rock and everything like that. Yeah, uh, or people just watch anime and just get built-in re- unrealistic <laughs> expectations too. But yeah, <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like how All Might is drawn. <laughs> uh, all right, so moving on, discussing Peacemaker. Uh, we're gonna be discussing also. Let me see and put this up real quick. Uh, the Flash. So the Flash dropped himself a uh, nice little kind of first look as well. Um, really nothing it's not a full trailer it's more just kind of images and yeah little clip it, it's the just uh the fucking most ironic thing is ezra uh what uh what'd you say i'm sorry oh the most ironic is uh ezra miller just doing like the talking head bit wearing a choker <laughs> yeah i i whatever happened with that whole situation like like Cause I was kind of wondering, like, whatever happened with that. I don't know. It, it's fucking Warner Brothers. Unless your name is basically get a. Hmm. Okay. 
but um, yeah, so here um, it's just kind of doing the same thing where it's just kind of talking about the movie, setting it up because letting you know that, hey, we haven't fired our director yet on this one. Um, <laughs> we did that. With yeah, the uh, yeah, yeah. Andy Muschietti, he made it day one. Yeah, so good, good for him. You know what I mean? He didn't, he didn't make a, a, a terrible movie uh, kind of <clears> test us. So hey, I guess you know, good. At, I hope I hope he's working. I hope he's still working and everything like that. I hope. <laughs> um, but what did you think about the trailer? What do you, what do you think about this kind of clip, kind of show? There? Um, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm kind of intrigued with about uh, Batman '89 featuring. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, because I mean, you know, Batman's gonna dominate pretty much all the scenes. Oh yeah, of course, because um, we only got to see uh, we only got to see a complete as take on the Flash in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and even that, I think with that movie and with kind of uh, was available with that character at going into production with uh, the the theatrical release of Justice League, I think we're going to get a very confusing take on the flash and something that they're gonna try and focus more on the side characters in this because in this trailer we see like there's two versions of barry allen running around uh we see like a sasha kai's uh uh uh, supergirl in the background and we get to see some of them bat ears from michael keaton and you get to see kind of a new suit kind of with the flash as well uh which i Mm -hmm. do like i yeah. Yeah, the new suit uh, the new suit is a big improvement over the Justice League one. Yeah. Uh so I, I like that. I like they kinda upgrade the suit. Um and like so you see kind of all these different characters um and you know, kinda of thrown in from the multiverse. Uh I mean they did a whole kind of crossover in like one of the big main events on T V uh, the CW TV shows, they do like one kind of big event a year where they bring in all the characters from all the different CW shows. Yeah, and, put them in one yeah and in uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, they actually bring in and they have a scene with uh, Grant Gustin's Flash. Yeah, they have a scene like that with Grant Gustin's Flash, um, who's coming into his season eight. Um, and the thing he boasts about having the season eight is, oh, I got new boots. Got some fancy new boots I got and I'm going to be wearing on the season. Cool. Did you get new writers? <laughs> nope. We got new boots, though. We got some new boots. You, you know what I mean? We got some shiny gold new boots uh, that, that, that that look nice. Um, so Honestly, I gave up on that show like five seasons ago. Yeah. I've, you know, every time the show, I, I've always been meaning to like every time a season ends, I'm like, oh, I'll wait for it to come on Netflix. I'll just binge it then when it comes on Netflix. Yeah. Every time that season ends, I'm like, wait, that's still going? Yeah, so it's it's kind of becoming that's some CW shows where it's kind of like okay it's gonna continue until I guess eight nine seasons maybe, um, and they're gonna finally end it. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, so it's really not again like with the Black Adam stuff, not really much to talk about. It's just kind of introducing the characters, everything like that, um, and just giving you hints that hey Keaton's back. Yeah. Um. All right. So moving on from that, gonna discuss the main event here. Uh, do you want uh, to? Do yep, you want to take it off? Excuse me. I gotta get. I gotta get my uh, plies. When talking about the Batman. <laughs> uh, why don't you? Because take- uh, the the man that uh, just like with last DC, the man that stole the show, that they might as well have not dropped anything else. They would have been fine with just having uh, um, Reeves and Arpats just dive in. Mm. Yeah. So, what did you love about the trailer? 
Um, let's see, because I can't just say everything. Um, <laughs> I like the uh, the looks at the tone that we're getting. We're seeing actual glimpses of Paul Dano's uh, Eddie Nashton. <clears throat> and kind of seeing more of of uh, Matt Reeves' take on Gotham City. With, uh, with uh, the first trailer for The Batman, we only, because so little of the movie was actually done, we only got to see like little bits of Pattinson's uh, Batman in action. I don't think we really got to hear any real dialogue from him. We didn't see anything of Alfred. Uh, we didn't get to see much of Selena Kyle's character, uh, of uh, Zoe Kravitz as Selena Kyle. And here... This is kind of like the dream, kind of like the dream Batman movie I kind of wanted ever since I uh, ever since I was kind of like a kid more reading stuff like uh, the long Halloween or dark victory stuff where we're getting to see this younger, raw, uh, more green Batman who you can kind of tell in some of his actions is a little is off which is something that I think none of the films have really managed to capture that well. Yeah. Um, uh, I like that we're seeing more of the rogues gallery here, uh, stuff with like uh, uh, Colin Farrell's The Penguin, stuff like uh, Selena Kyle as uh, as Catwoman, who uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman. Fuck. Uh, She just, one, Zoe Kravitz is goddamn gorgeous, and I'm just, the two are melding in my head. Yeah, absolutely. And just how gorgeous this movie, this uh, movie from the trailer looks. Um, I don't know if I'm too crazy about Bullet Sponge Batman, but I think in the movie, I think it'll work. Yeah, I guess I guess Batman, he'd been going over to uh, Wakanda, I guess. I don't know. He'd been been crossing (laughs) universes, all that Flash multiverse shit. He'd be like, he must have told Flash, hey, grab me some uh, vibranium for Wakanda while you're at it. Uh, Yeah, I think think with this trailer, this is the one that is going to shut people up of say, man, stop fucking bringing up Twilight when you're about Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, taking the point blank shots, uh, don't know exactly about that. I mean, yeah, he has armor and everything like that, Batman. Uh, I mean, I I mean, even people that, like, train someone to use guns, they always to aim for the chest because it's a bigger target and, and you're more likely to hit it. Yeah, and he's definitely, uh, big, for sure, in that suit, everything like that, he's definitely, for sure, big in that. Um, and especially in that last shot, you see this, like, shadowy imposing figure and that is a goddamn beautiful shot the the cinematography in this is beautiful as is the score that we get to hear from uh, michael giacchino oh yeah absolutely yeah um and i think that at least we get to see more of the riddler more of paul dino who i think is a great choice paul dano to play play riddler and he seems like he's i mean the guy i mean the guy just looks slimy he looks like he has bodies in his closet. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think he's perfect. He, for that. He's another. He's another one of those guys that played a racist way too well in a Twelve Slave. Definitely tried to seep over into his consciousness. He can't help it now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but Colin Farrell in this, I mean, he really impressed me. I mean, he's absolutely unrecognizable as the Penguin. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? He's, it's it's incredible to watch. They're like wow, I mean that 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 dedication and yeah, well, most of it's probably also prosthetics too. 
mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, m- most of prosthetics, I like that we're seeing a little bit of tension between Batman and Alfred, which I think in the greatest Batman comics runs, that's an element that needs to be there. And something that I think was pretty clunkily handled in something like a uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm. And it seems like you're sharing a little bit of similarity. I don't know if you caught any more, but for me, one one kind of the big thing that stood out to me as far as comparison to the other movies is like in Dark Knight, he's got a big fight mm. scene in a in a in a club where he's knocking people out to get the guy. He wants yeah, to. except in uh, except in this version, we can see what's going on. Yeah, the cameras pull back. You know what I mean? It's not super up close. Uh, everything the cameras perfectly pulled back, which is which is good. Um. Yeah. Uh. I. Yeah. I like this trailer. It's coming out in December, right? This one. It's uh, March 2022. March 2022. That's not that far either. It's really. not that far off, and I am counting the days. Yeah, because that is yeah gonna be something. Um. All right. Uh. People. Uh. We're gonna be heading out of here. Uh. Thank you. Yeah. I got. I gotta. Yeah. I gotta clean myself up after. That <laughs> Uh, but hey, man, thanks, man. Thanks for joining me, Nick. Uh, I know, I mean, sorry for being so late, man. Uh, sorry, sorry for hey, the late stream. It happens. Uh, I was just happy I got to talk today. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Hey, thank you, uh, Chill again for the raid, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you for coming by. Um, you know, I think that's awesome. Thank you, Tiger GD, for sticking around, man. That's really much appreciate that, man. Uh, so love that. Love you, Chill. Uh, thanks for, man. Uh, Nick, where can people find you? Where can people find Bubbles, man? Uh, find me Twitter, Instagram at Nick Bubbles at b u b dot b l e s zero nine twenty two. Josh, where can they find the show when uh, it comes onto its glorious uh, other platforms? Uh, so, uh, people, if you want to uh, catch up with the show, um, if you miss a stream and want to know what you do, uh, of course, I mean, we're affiliated um, and I save all the streams, but those streams, sometimes they run out after a 30 year period. Uh, those past broadcasts, they go away. So if you want to keep those streams with you forever, listen forever. Um, I go on YouTube, YouTube.com, uh, The Afternoon Tune. We are there. We've got all our videos there, clips there um, of all the shows that we stream. Got them all there. Um, if you don't care about video that much, don't mess on YouTube. Hey, we are also on uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. Uh, with Apple Podcasts, yep, you're yep. Say you're say you're in say you're listening to us while you're at work in an office where the internet is kind of spotty. You can't load up a video. We are available on audio. Yeah. If you just want to check us out there, download the uh, the audio file. Listen to us wherever you go. Um, that'd be great and leaving that five-star review right in the review that helps the channel a lot boosts the channel so that's really grateful uh also we are on all the social medias if you want to know what we're going to be talking about next uh post on twitter twitter.com the afternoon tune uh instagram at instagram.com the afternoon tune uh at uh also facebook the afternoon tune uh we're there tiktok the afternoon tune where we're going to post up clips all that good stuff like that up on there um, so if you you ever have an idea, you know, want to know what we're going to be talking about next week, hey, you can always find that up on all the social medias there, uh, day before or throughout the week of what we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, what are we going to talk about? The last duel. I got to go see that. Got to go review that. That's with Matt Damon and Adam Driver. I'm going to be checking. Yep, that out. that's um, yeah. It's also the first time that uh, Matt Damon. Uh, you just cut out there again. Yeah, it's the uh, first time uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon have written together. 
Goodwill Hunting, actually. Oh wow! Okay, so yeah, that's oh yeah, that's something. That's like a, a notable thing there. Um, so yeah, and uh, yeah, and like in this current age of Ridley Scott, I think it's like the first coin flip movie of which one is going to be his good tier. Mm, damn. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, he's got because he's got this and House of Gucci next. Yeah. So he's been working. He filmed those movies basically back to back. That he did those movies. So yeah, hardworking guy. Yeah, just like. Yeah, just uh, as soon as uh, one wrapped for the day, Adam dropped. Mm. Maybe maybe he picked the role because he's like he's like I get to wear those kind of like kind of big baggy sweaters. Winter's coming. Uh, maybe that's why you know winter's coming. I ain't got to work out. I ain't got to be shirtless. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna be kind of doing that. You can also send us an email, uh, theafternoontune at gmail dot com as well. Um, also. Um, <clears throat> Chill says, "Sounds like hot boy summer." Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's what's going on. <laughs> oh, and dude, uh, we also forgot the biggest thing coming out next week. Oh, fucking Dune! Oh, right, Dune. Of course, Dune. So can't believe we, we forgot Dune. Yeah, of course. Uh, Denny Villeneuve's masterpiece, uh, the one that he was going to risk killing his own grandma for, for uh, to for people to go see it. Um, yeah, that's coming out. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. And we're going to be putting up a new poll for Spooky Season. Uh, we're going to put up a new poll of movies um, that people can vote on that we're going to be reviewing uh, this Friday, uh, this past, this upcoming Friday. Um, so uh, we're going to be heading out of here, people. Thank you uh, again. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for coming by, man. Thank you. Uh, let me go ahead put up this nice little intro here. Uh, I mean, outro. I mean, there. I'm uh, going to put up that. Mm. Um so we're going to be heading out there with that um, hey thank you people thank you for coming uh, always love always love seeing you people and to all you people out there don't forget to always stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> <laughs>